Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Resilience Live. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia. I'm so excited to record another episode. Sorry, there was a week lapse. It was just a crazy week. So many of you kind of know, but just if you don't know, this is November. So it's been like nine months of this shelter in place for the most part in California. And I have a TK-er, my son, he's in TK. So there's distance learning that he takes from home. And then I also have a almost six months old baby. So that's a lot of work just in itself, you know, helping with this distance learning and taking care of a little one. It's just the two combination. And you might, when you think you have it and you're like, okay, he's set up, he's in the computer. You're like about to have your breakfast. There's something going on with the computer or there's a page that he cannot find. So for any parent <laughs> joining me in this journey, oh my goodness, there's definitely going to be a lot written about this. It's been very intense, right? So um, I remember I always said I did not want it to homeschool. And I know this is not homeschooling because it's more school from home. You know, homeschool, it's different in many ways. But still, there's the aspect of me having to be there and redirecting him and all that kind of stuff that is not my area of expertise. And it's also not my area of something that I thrive or something that I really love doing. Plus, it's on top of everything else that falls on women. Just sharing that part. Sorry if it's a donor, donor or whatever, how you say it. But yeah, it's a lot. So there might be weeks that I might not be able to record a podcast and just know, you know, just bear with me. It's just part of what we're going through. There's a lot of changes, but this week there is. So, okay. So today, it's going to be all about the body. And it's going to be kind of like an exercise if you want to join me or you can just listen to kind of reflect. But if you're following me on social media, Instagram specifically, perhaps you saw that I shared an IGTV about my thoughts on cults. But if you didn't, it's going to be right here in the show notes. And I went down the rabbit hole watching the um, information about the vow on HBO and also seduced on stars about Keith Raniere and Nexium or kind of cult and the brainwash and the indoctrination and everything. And it was very fascinating for me. So if you want to see a little bit about my reflections on it, you can look at the IGTV. But what I wanted to share about that, that I'm making, you know, I'm alluding to it in this episode is that Something that I saw that that was kind of the common denominator for people to start questioning or wondering there's something off here, or even for the people that did not pursue and continued the road and left early on, the common denominator was a body sensation. It was feeling that there was something off about Keith, feeling that there was something odd about the techniques that they were sharing, 
and it was more of a gut feeling and a lot of them dismissed it because their teachings and many teachings out there this is not only you know when we think oh that was just no if you really look in the motivational speakers and personal growth arena a lot of the things that they shared is things that many other speakers and gurus speak about which is about the ability to control with your mind over your whole body and take control you know like don't let your sensations your emotions run your life and there's i mean in an essence i can see why so many people would want that because a lot of people are struggling a lot with their emotions and their sensations and they feel like trapped in their bodies so i can see why and you know it could be helpful at times to kind of dismiss the body and go a little bit into our ability to use our thought powers and beliefs and affirmations and all that to try to get us out of that sensation so we can manage it. So there's moments that it could be helpful. But when we go and that's the end goal and that's all that there is in this idea that we can control it and run for it, even though it can be very romanticized and something that a lot of people strive for, at the same time, it can have a lot of damage especially to our connection to our bodies. And whenever I do sessions and I'm talking about how can we go back into our bodies, how can we kind of build a relationship? For most people, it's kind of something foreign. And what I'm noticing, it takes like about six months average-ish for the information that I'm trying to convey and talk about and assisting my clients get into their bodies start getting into their bodies. Because at the beginning, it was a big no-no of conversation. Whether it was that society does not ask you, how does your body feel? Let's go with that. There's also that notion about if you feel things like you have to control them and emotional intelligence, that term can be used for trying to control your emotions, which is not. But a lot of people kind of like, oh, you're not emotionally intelligent because you're having emotions about that. But that's not accurate if you really look at the definition. And when we experience trauma, especially I work with a lot of people that have experienced sexual related trauma, like rape, sexual abuse and all that. Then when, you know, they're in that moment, they a lot of times to survive, you disconnect completely from your body and it makes completely sense. Any kind of like interpersonal violence that it's towards your body, the way that we were built was for us to be able to kind of go into numbing or disconnect from that sensation as a way to kind of survive in that moment. And then we have also all this idea about the stronger you are in the society, the the more that you are happy and always happy and always content, then it's kind of like something that we idolize in this culture. So that adds into whenever we felt things, perhaps somebody might say like, just be happy, just ignore that. <laughs> just let that go. It just, you know, all those kind of stuff that in a way we're very like bypassing and a lot of it could be even spiritual bypassing or like feeling that you're being gaslit because of that, because there's no tolerance for other people's emotions. And it's so hard to sometimes witness that when you're in a room and somebody has an emotional reaction 
there's a lot of people that get very dysregulated, if I want to use that word, and then they try to like touch the person, give them something, or try to make it right. And a lot of times it's because their system cannot tolerate that because they've been holding it. That could be one of the reasons. So I wanted to bring this awareness of how can we go back to our bodies because our bodies hold a lot of knowledge and truth. And like I mentioned, there's moments and times that, of course, I even use it in, when I do therapy that going straight to our beliefs and our thoughts and all cognitions and, and our ability to kind of disconnect from the body comes handy. So it's not like an either or. However, a lot of times we're in our world is becoming that either or. It's either we're we're in this kind of like controlling your thoughts kind of mode, or I mean, your thoughts and your feelings and all that and transforming your feelings with thinking different and all that. But then we forget that it's not meant to be done 100% of the time. It can come really handy for sports, you know, when you're like, when you're going to do a presentation and you're really nervous, it can come handy as a way to kind of manage it and then do some coping skills and ground yourself. But ultimately, I believe that even if it's helpful for a little bit, then the next step would be to go back to the body after you're able to manage it a little bit. Like it's becoming too much the sensation in the body. So you go to your beliefs, affirmations and whatever and all that that you want to do. But ultimately, then be able to go back and be able to regulate the body. So that way you don't have to feel like you have to run away all the time. Okay, so... I'm going to give you different steps. I'm going to do more of a steps of ways on starting to build the relationship with your body. Because a lot of people ask me, so how do you start? I've been ignoring it my whole life, or I've been giving that whole notion about controlling, and now you're asking to go back. <laughs> how do we do that? Here are some recommendations. Number one, to start slow. And I know this can be really hard again, because in this culture, we're like, go all in and push hard and all. That. But that's not how it's going to work, especially if you've neglected your body for the longest time. If you want to push your body to also feel it, it's going to push back and it's not going to be it's not going to be nice. So try to think about it as you're rebuilding the relationship. If you've neglected it for the long time, it's like a kid that's feeling neglected, feeling not loved, feeling kind of abandoned in a way. Or even think of a puppy or a pet that you just adopted a pet that has been abandoned. If you want to go straight after you adopted a pet and you want to go straight into touching and petting it, the dog might bite you back or might show some aggression or might shut down or something like that. I I know this might not be the best example, but using a puppy, an adopted puppy, as an example of how gentle you'll have to be. I mean, you can go rough on the dog, but it can go many different ways. So my recommendation is to start slow and gentle. That will be the first. And how? It could just be whenever you remember, if you want to do very strategically, like every day for five minutes, just try to like... Feel your body and scan your body from your head to your toes. It could be via movement that you want to do. Maybe you're doing some stretching. Stretching can be helpful because when you're stretching, there will be a moment that you'll be like, oh, I cannot keep on going. And that's when the body is telling you it's hurting. That's stop. 
So I think stretching can be really helpful. Balancing poses and some yoga poses, qigong and you know, even even just exercising, but being mindful. Like if you're running or doing a hit workout or whatever, again, as a society, we're like, keep pushing, you know, don't ignore your pain and all that. And here I am saying like, actually not. So just know that. I don't know if you're doing those kind of exercises and workouts with a trainer that is very much into that. So if you are, then maybe perhaps it could be like five minutes into it or something like you can pause and just ask your body, how does it feel? How does your knee feel? How does your shoulders feel? So it could be as something as simple as that, as a simple question, like how do you feel and, and what sensations, scanning from your head to your toe, doing some movement. And then the other thing is listening, listening very gentle and to validate whatever sensation Instead of going like, oh, you're tired, kind of like, you know, it's like that whole you can see and hear, I mean, not see, hear the previous episode about the internalized oppression, but how we talk to ourselves. Are you kind of like going to be like very much like, come on, keep on pushing. Like I gave you so much. I gave you these vitamins. I work out. I ate. Like, why are you not <laughs> producing kind of like if it was a car or something? And that's not necessarily how it works. So listening to our bodies and validating whatever it feels. So, oh, I can see that you're hurting right here. You're tense right here. Instead of pushing against or fighting it or, oh my God, talking so many harsh words that you can tell yourself, but listening and validating. And then the third step would be to actually follow through with what they need. And this could be like fulfilling a need you're feeling thirsty, go take some water. If you feel like you want to stand up, stand up. If you feel like you want to stretch, then you stretch. If your body's asking for food or nutrients, then you get that. It's kind of like the more that you follow through this step, even though I'm putting in number three, the more that you follow through fulfilling its needs, the more faster. I don't want to kind of... Uh, in, this is counterproductive. Okay, let me go back. Instead of thinking like the more faster, but the, um, the relationship is moving forward because the more that you listen, you validate and you fulfill needs, then your body's going to feel like, oh, you have my back. So when you have my back, then I can start communicating with you in a better way. So that's, you know, the whole process is, so it's like you start slow and gentle on a consistent somewhat way you listen and you validate whatever sensation it feels without judging it at all. And then you follow through what it needs. This is simple in that way. And the more you keep doing this and you keep doing this, then you can increase the time that you spend with your body. And then you're going to be able to listen more. And then you're going to be able to keep fulfilling its needs. So those are the three simple yet somewhat complex for many steps to start building a relationship with your body. I hope this is helpful. And if you have any questions, you can send them my way about this. The other thing I wanted to talk besides building a relationship with your body is how to start figuring it out when, you know, like your gut feeling and your all that. So something that I want to start with is in general, for most people, the gut instinct 
or that intuition tends to be a steady, calm voice, unless you're in danger, you know, and that's more of a danger response, right? But an intuition about, hmm, should I get this program or should I not? Should I take this job or should I not? Should I, all those kind of things that sometimes we are asking other people, for the most part, the intuition, that inner compass, inner guidance tends to be a very calm and steady voice. And this is one of the things that I help my clients and I tell everybody, if you feel it's urgent, most likely it's not your intuition unless you're in danger. So if it's urgent and you're not in a danger situation and it's kind of like loud and on you and all that, that could be like anxiety, internalized, it could be fear, could be your inner programming and many different ways of calling it, different parts that we have. And at times it could be really hard to listen to them. But one of the ways that is the most helpful is by actually devoting time to quiet your mind. Another episode is talking about mindfulness, right? But the more that you quiet your mind or you go back to the present, then the more you'll be able to, again, build in that relationship. It's like starting slow and gentle. It's like being able to listen and validate that voice and to follow through with what is said. So the more that you follow through that inner guidance, like turn right right here. And you're like, why? Turn right. And then you notice that you were able to find a parking lot right away. The more that you keep putting that and doing like little experiments, then the more you're going to be able to listen to it and the more it's going to be able to guide you. So definitely, definitely, definitely. It's kind of like the same steps with the body, with building your intuition. And I think this is super important because it's like, I, in my opinion, and I know it's not only my opinion, it could be backed up by a lot of people that have written about this, but how I see it is that we all have that inner guidance that has been kind of tamed down, if you want to put that word by our parents, by society, by our teachers, by all the different things that you did. Because, I mean, I can go into social justice in terms of people wanting to control you. And that's the easiest way is like, don't listen to your body or your intuition. Just listen to me, your body, you know, and there's all these words that they have for people that are very emotional and in general for women. There's been that, you know, all these words, insult words about how emotional we are and anyone that shows emotion. And there's a lot of words that can be. So a lot of times we learn to put it away. It's like, let me kind of like close that door on that. And the more we did that, the harder it is to tap into it. So, you know, that's something that I thought was very interesting. Going back to the documentary, The Vow, Bunny, I remember her now, her last name. She was a musician. And she was doing like a body, like an exercise program, I guess, for them or something. But it was very much about connecting body and mind and all that kind of stuff. And she kept saying her body was yelling to her, like, this is danger. This is a cold. You have to get out. And I thought it was very interesting that one of the persons that speaks in that documentary is the one that is into movement and art and music. Because a lot of times when you're into arts, you are more, it's more acceptable to be in touch with your emotions because that's where the art comes from, right? But the people that are more like left brain analytical, then 
like they get more disconnected. So it's just to bring it back to kind of like how to connect, how you got disconnected. So how can you connect back? When I was talking about stretching, one of the things is a little exercise that you guys could do to start is if you are like twisting in a twist and you can kind of see as far as you go and until your body goes, ouch, that's it. And then stop and come back and do the other side. And maybe if you kind of do some movement and some, and then you try to do it again, you might notice that you might go a little bit farther without hurting. Or the more that you practice this, you might notice that you'll be able to stretch more or to find different areas that hurt and massage and all that. So just little recommendations to keep building that relationship. And lastly, what I wanted to talk was a little bit about the body can also experience a lot of pain. And that's why a lot of people disconnect from it. And one way to ask is when you're feeling a sensation, you can ask, is it comfortable and comfortable and neutral? And that can guide you. And if it gets too uncomfortable as you're starting this, my recommendation would be to then go out of your body. And what I mean with that is using your five senses, using something like smell, a weighted blanket, something with a texture, drinking water, listening to music, something that helps kind of like get out of your body, but still be present. And then you can kind of come back. And that's like the little dance that we go back and forth a little bit, but it's becoming too much. So let me back up and maybe a little bit and then me back up. And it's an art. And that's why a lot of therapists exist. And it could be, that's a part, you know, as you're building, especially depending on your history of what happened, you might completely benefit more from doing this kind of work, but with someone, I mean, don't expect to necessarily for it to work on your own, especially depending on your history. But having someone else to kind of guide you and be able to hold you, basically hold the container so you feel safe can be really, really helpful. There are different modalities in the somatic kind of area. There is somatic experiencing. There is sensorimotor psychotherapy. This one is the one that I'm currently getting, I mean, getting trained to get certified. There's also a good one called trauma resiliency model, and they have two levels. I'm training those as well. There's yoga for trauma survivors by someone that is got trained as a trauma-informed yoga practitioner. Those can be amazing. And there's so many more, but those are the ones that I'm thinking. I'm also thinking about drama therapy and movement therapy, but with people that are trauma-informed. And when I say trauma-informed, I'm just meaning because it's someone that kind of knows a little bit of the overall of trauma and different things that you can do that can actually trigger, like, for example, being gentle with close your eyes for this exercise kind of mode or being gentle with, you know, giving instructions, especially with yoga, not touching people necessarily or doing different poses that can trigger them or different instructions that you can do. So all those things when or any kind of exercise with someone that is trauma informed and got training on that most likely they learned about this and they tend to adjust their what they offer in a more kind of like gentle invitation more so than you have to do this and here's how I'll end there's a lot of people out there not even just there or programs but you know there's that whole thing of pushing through and my version right now is how to be more gentle with ourselves. So when you are encountering with somebody 
that is very much like push through, push through, push through, just do it. You're just so weak or using any judgment, any shame to get you to do something. That in itself is something that's a huge red flag. Shame is such a destabilizing emotion. There's research showing how it impacts our nervous system and it could be one of the most, if we want to put toxic, and when I mean toxic, about how it impacts our nervous system. There's a difference between shame and guilt. That could be another podcast episode, but in general, shaming you for, you know, trying to make you feel less of as a way to comply in discipline, that's a very old strategy and they're still being used. But that's a big red flag of somebody that is trying, consciously or unconsciously, trying to control you. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. If there's any questions, send them my way. I'm sending you all love. I really hope I'm kind of thinking about some events for 2021, about embodying and building relationship with your body. But I want to like hear from you and see if this is something that resonates and something that you would like to hear me speak about and perhaps join. And as we're ending, just remember about the Mighty Network group that we have going. There's about four or five of you that have joined. I am really looking forward to building that community again, you know, as we're ending this year and next year and to get to know you. So that way I can kind of really provide the information that you mostly need and help. Okay, take care. Have a great rest of your day and week. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time. 